Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today, if you have your Bibles ready, we'll be in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. The title of this sermon is, But God. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. At SatanCon in Boston, man, let people go out and start preaching the gospel, start praying over the building, praying over the city. We, we, have, to, we have to understand, like, we have a, a purpose to serve God and pray for people that need faith. And we need to show grace and love and mercy. Just as, you know, we're reading here, we need to have that because, you know, you needed it too. Because I was a child of wrath. I don't know about you. I was a son of disobedience. And there were people that thought, man, there's no way that that person would ever come to faith. About me. So this is our second point, heavenly testimony in verse 6. And it says, and raised up together and made us together in the heavenly places and in Christ. And there's our, our, our in Christ. Remember I told you at the very beginning when we started the book of Ephesians, you're going to see that word in Christ a lot. And I think it's listed in this these verses in, in, in 4 through 7 is in Christ appears twice. Um, but raised up together, and that always reminds me of Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 2. It says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things on earth. So as we're raised up, we're, we're, we're made and made us sit together in heavenly places. The beauty of that is, is like when we look at this, is we're reminded that, that Jesus was raised up and, and went to heaven, right? He ascended to heaven. In Mark 16, 19, it says, So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 34, it says, he who, is, he who condemns, it is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercessions for us. And then finally, in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 12 through 14, it says, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from that time Waiting till his enemies are made his footstool, for by offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. And so we, are, we see that, that Christ was raised up and seated at the right hand of God. And, and, and it, Colossians tells us if you were raised with Christ, you are to seek those things that are above. And, and because that's where Christ is seated at the right hand. 
Set your mind on things that are above. Unfortunately, what happens is we can put our minds too much on the things of this world. You need to have your mind set on the dwelling place of God. It doesn't mean that you're floating in the clouds and you're forgetting about everything that's happening in the world. It means that you're, you're like, Lord, what is your will for me today? I'm setting my, my, my heart, my mind, Lord, on you. That's how I start my day. That's how I should start my day, right? Maybe you're in the middle of your day and you're going, man, this has been an awful day. Set your mind on things that are above. Have you done that? You can stop because you, got, you, got, you have Christ who's interceding for you. And if he doesn't hear from you, he's warning. That's why we call it a relationship. You pray. Lord, I, need to, I just need you to hear me. I'm, I'm having a day. I didn't set my mind on things this morning. Forgive me for that. But Lord, I need to set my mind on you right now. I need your will in my life right now. I need your guidance in my day right now. It is a relationship. And I love, you know, Paul talks about the third heaven. And the third heaven is actually just speaking of heaven. And, and because of the atmosphere of, of outer space and, 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 um, and the way that it was described... But, but Paul, when he speaks of the third heaven, it's almost like it's undescribable. Like they can't, they can't really put it into words. And I love what, what Psalm 1611 says. It says, you will show me the path of life in your presence is the fullness of joy. At the right hand are pleasures forevermore. See, you will have temporary joy in this world. Like when the Bulldogs win the state or the national championship two years in a row. That was joy. And it extended another year. So there was joy two years. But I guarantee you next year we won't be a joy. Because you can't, you can't sustain it. I know that. But the fullness of joy is in heaven. The fullness of joy is, is something that we, we, we can't picture here. Because it's, 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 it's speaking of heaven. And speaking of heaven. And speaking that... that the, the pleasures of heaven are beyond what we can experience anything here on earth. It's beyond how we can explain it because we have to understand that, that when we speak of the, the, the fullness of joy, we're, we're speaking that, that you're not dealing with sin. You're worshiping Jesus. You're, you're not... You're, you're not the little things that you have with each other, the petty things that you argue about, not going to happen because there's no presence of sin losing a loved one not anymore there's no illness there's no sin there's no death that's fullness of joy fullness of joy that you have christ <laughs> be seated at the right hand remember we talked about this past weekend in genesis as we talked about the holding the right hand like you're grabbing the right hand of god you, you i mean he's seated at the right hand of the father and he's wanting to intercede for you. He's wanting, wanting you to, uh, to know that, hey, look, you're, you, haven't, you haven't come here yet, but I'm with you. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, Which he worked in the Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. The fullness of joy. We we we're not there yet, but we will be there. Or hopefully you have made the choice to be there. Because the fullness of joy is only in heaven. 
When you read about hell and you, you, you understand that Jesus spoke about hell, the pain, the hurt, and there's different levels of it. I mean, that, like that, that's the wide road and the narrow road. In verse 6 it says, And raised up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 it says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not your home. This is why it doesn't feel comfortable here. Your, your, your home is supposed to be, for me, I've chosen to follow Christ. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm seated and raised up with Christ. And I'll be in heaven. And so our, our citizenship is in heaven. We need to remember that. I know when I read the scripture in John 14, 3 and 4, if I go and prepare a place for you, he's preparing a place for me. I believe that when I read that. Like he's preparing a place for you. Is he preparing a place for you? I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may also, there you may be also, and where I go, you know the way you know. It's important that you understand that you are raised up and seated together, that you, when we talk about justification and uh, sanctification and glorification, that you're justified. In Romans chapter 8, verses 29 and 30, it says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, then he also called, from whom he called, these he also justified. In whom he justified, these he also glorified. It's a beautiful piece of scripture because when we talk about justification, justification is that moment that you decide to, 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 to walk away from your sin and turn to Christ. That's it. You're justified. Because you're understanding that what Jesus did on the cross was to die for the sins of the world. And you go, but he died 2,000 years ago. But he died for the sins of the world. All sin. All of it. And, and you ask Christ into your heart and you, you confess your sins and you turn to Christ, you're justified in that moment. You're covered by the blood of Christ. And I know that sounds nasty. Right? Covered by blood. Nobody wants to be covered by blood, right? I know when you used to go hunting, you, you have to put the blood on your face after you do your first kill. I don't know why they do that, but that's what they do. And, and so your uncles would always just go. <laughs> but you're covered by the blood of Christ, meaning that when God sees you, he sees his son. Your debt's been paid. A debt that you can't pay. I know some of this sounds like, oh man, I've heard this a million times, but we need to keep hearing it. You were separated from God because of your sin. There is nothing that you could do in your works, in your religion, in your spirituality, in your new ageism, in all your isms. There's nothing you can do. There's only one way, and that's through Jesus. And once you've been justified, then you start the sanctification process. What is sanctification? You're being sanctified, meaning that God is preparing you for heaven. He's working on all those things that you had going on in your heart. And he's trying to make you more like him. So you can reflect Christ and glorify Christ 
to others. That's what sanctification is. And so that's why sometimes it hurts. That's why when you're in the Word of God and you go, Ooh, man, did he just throw something at me? That's why I can't understand why the pastors would get upset. Because I need that sometimes. Man, I'll be sitting there and listening to something, and it's like, boom. And it hits like a chest cavity just opens up. And I'm like, man, I, and God exposes something, and it needs to be dealt with. That's sanctification. That's a good thing because he's like, that's, man, when you have stuff that you've been dealing with since a child, the hurt, and God's saying, give me that. It's okay. You don't have to carry that no more. There's freedom in that. But then you have glorification. Glorification doesn't happen until you breathe your last breath here on earth or you're raptured. Okay? One of those two things will happen. If you breathe your last breath here on earth, you, you're, you, you receive a new body and you're glorified and you'll be in heaven. And then you'll understand the fullness of joy. You'll understand the fullness of joy. Remember, being justified is simply that you've been saved from the penalty of sin. You've been saved from the penalty of sin. Being glorified means that you, have, you will be saved from the presence of sin. You won't have to deal with sin anymore. Think about that just for a second. Just think about how sin affects your life personally. You won't deal with that no more. Somebody says something to you and you're like, man, I really want to respond. <laughs> and and you're, you're struggling and, and you're like, man, you don't deal with that no more. You don't deal with having to hear, you know, mom's got stage four cancer. Those things don't happen no more. The presence of sin is gone. It's important for us to understand these things because, you know, as, as followers of Christ, we need to understand, like, our relationship, as we talked about being justified, our relationship doesn't hinge on what you do or don't do. It's been paid for at the cross. So anybody that tells you, and this is what really scares me, I heard, I heard oh, that's, what, that's why I need to talk about Rick Warren. I, there's a new thing. Whenever you hear that, oh, there's a new thing or a new way. I, man, it was revealed to me. So you mean to tell me out of all these years of the church, you got something new. Whenever that happens, you need to beware because it's in Scripture. There's a reason it's been that way for this many years. We go by what the Scripture says. And we just need to be careful of that stuff because at the end of the day, it's like as followers of Christ, we need to understand that we're secure in our relationship with God, that it's not based on what you do or don't do. He doesn't want you walking in sin, right? He wants you to understand the cost of sin, and he wants you to confess your sin. And he goes, even with all that being said, I have provided enough grace for the journey because you're going to sin. You're going to stick your foot in your mouth. If you're a husband, you will stick your foot in your mouth. Okay? And if you keep doing that, you need to check your heart. Because there's something else going on in here. And the reason why it may keep coming up is because God is trying to deal with it. Understand that sometimes God puts people in place. Iron sharpens iron. Right? Iron sharpens iron. And sometimes uh, uh, the best part of sanctification is a spouse. You will sanctify. You will go through sanctification through that process. And God is trying to remove all that stuff. So you can be a representation of the church. Because that's what marriage is. It's a representation where the bride of Christ, the church is. 
And so marriage should be that. And so if, if you, keep, you keep putting your foot in your mouth, then you need to check your heart. There's probably some stuff you need to deal with because there's something going on. If you're getting angry and banging stuff and, you know, then you get in that kitchen, you start, bam, you don't really want to start cooking. Like, do you want me to take you out? <laughs> As my wife said, you know when somebody put their foot in the beans, they were really good. They really put their, they were, they were wanting to cook. I've been, let me tell you, there have been some times as a father cooking for five kids, there have been some times I didn't want to cook. And it, you could tell in the food that I made, it didn't come out. But when you're in the mood to cook, man, it comes out so good, right? So maybe those nights, those are the nights, hey, let's go get a burger or something, right? Take her out of the house. It's like you always encourage your spouse and, and, um, we need that but just remember it's not based on anything that you do and 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 so that's why we have christ we have his mercy his love his grace in philippians chapter 3 verse 10 it says that i might i may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death and then finally we got the heavenly design in verse 7 that the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. That's the second one where we see in Christ. And so when he's talking about the ages to come, it's just a reminder. Uh, the Lord said to Israel in Psalm 41, 13, Blessed the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen. Amen. And he's talking about the surpassing ages. Uh, the surpassing riches we're in that surpassing riches now that's what we live in in the present age and then we have the messianic age which will come in hebrews chapter 6 verse 5 the powers of the age to come then uh, christ will deliver up the kingdom to his father in first corinthians 15 24 and and uh, another age with a new heaven and a new earth and so 1 Corinthians 13, verses 12 through 13 says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now I abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is three. At some point when you're in heaven, you won't have to hope anymore. You won't have to have faith anymore because you'll be there. But you will continue to love. That's a beautiful thing. You will continue to love his, his exceeding riches of grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. And it's, again, just one of the attributes of God is, is as we look at understanding that, that he does stand outside of time, that he is merciful, that he's all-knowing, that he's gracious, that he's kind. And sometimes what we do is we imagine a God who's angry. We have an image in our head that, and that's not the God of the Bible. That's something that you've created in your head. That he's a God that's angry, ready to smite you. Right? Or, 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 or that he's a God that all he wants to do is judge. Or he's a God that's too busy for you. That has none of the attributes of God. He's all-knowing. He stands outside of time. He's gracious. He's loving. He's merciful. And that's why when we read that, but in, in, in verse 4, but, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. 
He loved us, God. And I love that the word loved is in the past. God demonstrates his love towards us, and that was proved on the cross. Does he love you? Yes. He loves you enough to send his son to die on the cross. We go through trials or we go through sufferings and his, his riches of mercy are there for you. His grace, his love is there for you. But what happens is the enemy comes and whispers in your ear, he doesn't love you. If he loved you, you wouldn't be going through this financial trouble. If he loved you, you wouldn't be here at the doctor finding out that you've got to battle cancer now. The enemy's always trying to get in constantly and some of us for loss of a loved one if he loved you he wouldn't have taken them from this earth that's what the enemy does and and tries to get get in our head in john three sixteen again for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life he loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you as we're fixing to get ready to get into Easter and Palm Sunday, it's not too far away. And we look at the cross and we look at what Jesus did on the cross just so that way you would be no longer separated. You have the opportunity by grace. Nothing that you do. By grace, you have the opportunity to not be separated from God anymore. To understand that, that he was brutally beaten, that he hung from a cross, that he rose on the third day, that he defeated death, that he conquered the grave, and he's seated at the right hand of God. And he's saying, I raised you up and set you together. And you're seated and raised up with me. And he's made that available for everyone and anyone who calls on his name. So if we were to recap these three verses, it's very evident, but God, God is the subject, right? Very evident. The other thing is very evident. We need to get here early and turn on the heater. I apologize. I wasn't expecting it to be this cold this morning. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then we see the verbs, which is made us alive together, raised up together, and made us sit together. We were dead, right? In our trespasses, we were dead, spiritually dead. We were corpse, but we're, when, we, when we're saved by grace through faith, we're made alive together, raised up together, and sit together. But God, but God is the subject. I love those words, but God. But God, I was uh, lost in my sin. But God, I was trapped in darkness. But God, I was separated from God and I was on a road to hell. But God, I was under the control of Satan and I was a prisoner to my passions, my lust and desire. But God, I was deceived, I was corrupted, I was doomed. But God, but God in his mercy and God in his love and God provided a way. But God, who loves you, who's an all-consuming fire. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 to 29, it says, Therefore, since we, were, we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for God, our God is a consuming 
fire but God but God in his loving kindness and his tender mercies in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 I have been crucified with Christ it's no longer I who live but Christ lives in me and the life with which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me when I didn't love myself but God when I needed a Savior but God when I needed to be forgiven of my sins but God we can't forget that it's such a beautiful contrast beautiful piece of scripture that's written in the uh, Ephesians chapter 2 is so awesome because he gives you such a contrast of how you were dead in your trespasses you were you're you're running the the marathon and you're about to break the tape and you fall down and you don't make it across the finish line that's what your trespasses are no matter how many goals you set no matter how much you try to figure this out you will always fail why because of your sin you always miss the mark it's our sin you have to remember it's it's God that wants the relationship with you it's not a religion there's a lot of false religions today teaching people a lot of bad stuff but God is not that well that concludes today's broadcast of Sun Salt and Light Radio we hope that you enjoyed it if you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us to find out service times you can do all of that at our website uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify Audible TuneIn Radio pretty much wherever you can find a podcast uh, you, you can just type in Sun Salt and Light and you'll find it 